0: I must share with you a little story on how I got involved personally.
1: This is Shanta Viswanathan. She's the president of an organization based in Sydney called Pink Sari Incorporated.
0: In 2014, actually it was in July 2014, my very, very close friend called me to say that she had just been diagnosed with breast cancer.
1: At the time, Shantha was working at a different community organisation called Sahili.
0: Which in Hindi means female friend, but also doubles up as an acronym for South Asian Hub for Enterprise Leadership and Initiatives.
1: One of those initiatives she was especially passionate about was empowering women's health. So when her friend rang up and told her the news, Shantha was worried.
0: I did ask her a question. I said, have you had a mammogram. Did you have a mammogram before? And she said, no, I've never had a mammogram. And she was over 50.
1: Women are encouraged to get a breast screening or mammogram every two years between the ages of 50 and 74. That's when most breast cancers occur. And the earlier you detect it, the more effective treatment is.
0: And she said this was just a shock to me because I... Suddenly, they could actually feel the lump, and I had to go for a mammogram, and that's when they realised that I've got breast cancer.
1: For many women from South Asian communities living in Australia, this was a familiar story. In fact, Breast Screen New South Wales singled out women from South Asian communities as having the lowest rates of breast cancer screening in the state. Only one in five women from these communities were getting regular breast screenings. Tamil women in particular were four times less likely to participate in breast screening compared to the general population. These statistics left the Cancer Institute of New South Wales scratching their heads. They had done a lot to push the message of breast cancer screening out to the public. Along with BreastScreen New South Wales, they had run campaigns, successful campaigns like the poster of the pea and the cherry, which showed just how much more effective mammograms were than self-examination. They even have those big trucks that give free screenings to women over 50, essentially bringing mammograms to the people who need it. But this message wasn't reaching everyone. Women from South Asian communities just weren't getting mammograms. The Cancer Institute of New South Wales wanted to know how to fix this. As it turned out, the solution didn't involve them at all. It involved pink saris. You're listening to Think Health. My name is Shane Anderson. In this episode, we'll be looking at how one community organisation proved that when it comes to public health, culture isn't a barrier, but a resource. So the story of Pink Sari actually starts with a guy called Michael Kamet. I'm Michael
2: Cammett, and I am Manager of Marketing and Communication here at the New South Wales Multicultural Health Communication Service.
1: Michael is also doing a PhD at the University of Technology, Sydney, looking into how social media campaigns can bring about collective action, especially for people from diverse backgrounds.
2: Being Australia, 49% of our population, according to the last census, are either born overseas or have one or both parents were born overseas. So diversity is actually a reality. It'll, it'll be increasing in the future.
1: But when Michael started studying public health, he found this diversity just wasn't borne out in the research. Public health is supposed to be about well-being, not at an individual level, but for an entire population. The health of Australians as a nation. But this research didn't reflect our diversity. Instead, what Michael saw was an idea of public health passed down from institutions that were predominantly white and middle to upper class. As a result, their ideas about our health and well-being reflected that. So when it came to communicating health to the public, a lot of these campaigns were inadvertently pushing messages that were one-size-fits-all.
3: The symbol for breast cancer was a pink ribbon. I mean, ribbon doesn't resonate with the South Asians. I mean, we, we only we wear ribbons only when we are little girls.
1: This is Vijji Dayanathan, also from Pink Sari Inc. Viji is a member of the Tamil Women's Development Group in Sydney, Tamil being an ethnic group that had the lowest mammogram rates out of all South Asian communities. One day she got a call from Michael Kamet who explained that he wanted to help community organisations develop a campaign that could encourage South Asian women to get mammograms.
3: And we really liked the concept where he was very consultative with the community and asked the community to come and help him to find a way of spreading the message.
1: But Vijay wasn't the only person that Michael reached out to. Over at Sahili, Shantha was on the phone to a friend, who had just told her she was diagnosed with breast cancer.
0: And as soon as I hung up, I got a call from Michael Kamet. I wasted no time. I thought this was just so, you know, the timing was so right. And I realized how important it was to make our women aware that they have mammograms regularly and they get screened regularly, and how early detection is so important.
1: The idea was for all the different community groups to come together and nut out a plan. And so their first task was to figure out why it was South Asian women in particular that had such low rates of breast screenings. For this, again, Michael turned to the research. But he wasn't satisfied with what he saw.
2: So, the, the, the research, if we believe the published peer reviewed, you know, the things that are valued in the academic field. I looked at it and, and there were a lot of uh, barriers. One of the most common things is, is culture.
1: Forget the wild tales and the myths.
2: If you look at the words language and culture, um, it's always synonymous or words collocates with barrier.
1: Into such time. There was one cultural phenomenon that copped a lot of the blame, a phenomenon specific to South Asian women. They called it a culture of silence, meaning a cultural trend of keeping quiet, of not speaking out. The presumption was that if you're within one of these cultures of silence, you're far less likely to talk about something as personal as your health. And since so many public health campaigns are based around people coming out and speaking about their experiences, this culture of silence was a major obstacle.
2: People would would say, oh no, there's very little chance that you will ask them to, to, to come out and be represented.
1: From the start, Michael says he felt a little bit off about this representation. As someone who worked closely with many different cultural groups in Australia, he had seen this kind of talk before. He even has a nickname for this alienating discourse. He calls it the National Geographic Approach.
2: They make it so exotic, like, oh my God, this, you can't even, they can't even say the C word or the cancer, you know, or they have another word for breast, or the superstitious belief. Everything was about the exotic.
1: In reality, the reason why women weren't getting mammograms wasn't that exotic.
0: Yes, there is a culture of silence. I wouldn't say across the board, but yes, definitely people don't share. But I must say that generally, in my experience, people have not had mammograms, first of all, because they thought, it's not going to happen to me.
1: And Viji agrees that the culture of silence just didn't really apply in this situation.
3: There was a lot of reluctance and also the pain, and you know, having to go somewhere and you know, take your clothes off and expose your breasts. And if they had it once, they think, Oh, you know, I was clear, so there's no need for me to go and have a next one.
1: They did both say that there was one barrier when it came to South Asia, but this didn't really have much to do with them at all, but rather the way that outsiders viewed and labelled them.
3: People think, you know, they say India. India has got such diversity. Then when you take South Asian, you know, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Bhutan, Nepalese, you know, they all are very unique.
1: By lumping together all these countries under the banner of South Asia, it was compressing an incredibly diverse region. And with different cultures, also came different languages.
0: In Australia, there's a tendency to think that everyone speaks Hindi, and Hindi is the language spoken in India. But that's not so. Not everybody speaks Hindi.
1: There's around 8 to 10 main languages in this region of the world, depending on where you draw your geographical boundaries. And that's not the only way that they differed.
0: Food habits are different. Our traditional cultural habits are different. Our languages are so different. And it's not like everybody understands each other's language.
1: But each of these ethnic groups all have one thing in common –
0: the thing
3: that unite all of us or common in all of us is the sari
0: Could
1: you describe to someone who's never seen a sari worn before? could you could you describe what a person looks like wearing a sari?
0: The person looks beautiful.
1: A sari is a huge piece of fabric, usually around six metres of material that you wrap around your body in different styles.
0: It's the traditional um, costume worn in the Indian community, but also in other communities in Bangladesh, in Pakistan, in Nepal, in Bhutan. Everyone wears a sari. I think, in my opinion, it's one of the most elegant attires covers all your faults. You can cover everything in it. It's very graceful.
1: The group decided that the pink sari would be a symbol for breast screening, and the community groups would unite under the Pink Sari Project. Instead of going down the more traditional public health path, like distributing pamphlets and hosting information sessions, they decided to let their saris do the talking. They figured that if they all got dressed up in their pink saris and just made themselves visible, communities would come to them.
3: And it worked. We made it fun. We had high teas. So women came dressed in their, you know, pink saris and their jewelries and everything. We actually had the breast screening presence at these teas. So the women, when they heard this and when they were really at that stage of, yes, I need to do something, we announced, go right at the back. You can make your appointment right here.
1: And another way that they made it fun was by starting a Facebook page. This was actually part of Michael's strategy from the start. He wanted to show that the kind of collective action social media gives a platform to can actually inspire change. Michael says the effect was immediate. Women started using the Facebook page to share their stories.
2: A little win we had was a doctor, uh, Dr. Palu Malwala. She was a doctor who turned 50, and her 50th birthday, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. So she said, I encourage other women to screen, but I never screen myself.
1: This was the first of many women connecting with Pink Sari over Facebook, and not just sharing their stories, but actually offering their time and their resources. And it didn't stop there.
0: I support the Pink Sari Project. It is a very worthy cause, and all women should say yes to mammograms. I support the Pink Sari Project, and I pledge to, for women's empowerment, and yes to
1: mammograms. This didn't seem like a culture of silence, Women from all walks of life, survivors, daughters, friends, family, were all speaking out. The response was overwhelming.
2: You'll be hard-pressed to find someone now in your networks or the listeners who hasn't been affected or know somebody's affected by breast cancer. And people just wanted to help.
1: Women were also suggesting ways to promote mammograms in their communities. One of these ideas was a photo portrait series
0: of breast cancer
1: survivors.
0: So we had photographers who gave their time and we had held exhibitions like at Blacktown, Sutherland, Glenwood, Campbelltown. Yes, we went everywhere with those portraits.
1: They also turned up at parades, like this audio from the Paramasala Multicultural Festival in Western Sydney.
2: Another group of people said, we want to do a pink sari fashion parade.
1: For the fashion parade, they invited local designers to create pink saris and host a runway show that they sold tickets to.
2: It was packed. Five hundred people attended.
1: Well, what do you think is the difference? Say, like a previous campaign for breast screening. Why might it not have reached the South Asian communities?
0: They, the 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 organisation the service provide actually worked with the community and consulted with the community and also because we didn't use the traditional methods of promotion and we worked with what would work for us what worked for you music food dancing sport really works for our communities
1: I am woman in the pink sun And after all the campaigning, the team received some good news. Their original aim was to lift screening rates by around 5%. A few years later, rates were up by
0: 17%.
1: When you saw the incredible improvement in mammogram rates. What was going through your
3: head? Oh, great uh, sense of achievement and pride in our work because uh, end of the day, the proof of the pudding is in the eating
0: and the the data showed that it had worked. Me personally, it's been one of the most fulfilling projects that we've had and most successful as well because it was such a consultative, collaborative relationship that we had with, in this instance, with the Multicultural Health Communication Service. It was not a them and us, it was us all the way. One of the things that actually excited us and motivated us to do more, to think about what else we could do, what else would work for our communities.
1: Inspired by their success, Pink Sari just kept growing. In 2016, when the funding from the Cancer Institute of New South Wales ended, Pink Sari became Pink Sari Incorporated. The community took over and now it's a fully volunteer-run organisation. And they're not just encouraging women to get breast screenings, they're addressing other gaps in health communication too.
0: We're pleased to inform you that we've just broadened our reach and working on bowel cancer screening. And that will include both men and women. So it started with women, but we now broadened our focus to be more inclusive.
1: What lessons can community health organisations learn from the success of Pink Sari?
0: I think what they can learn is to work
3: with us. Use the community. Don't think they don't know anything and you have to like an empty jug and you have to go and fill it use their expertise, use their skills, and get them to spread the message because they are the best ambassadors.
1: The campaign is still going strong. In fact, in early 2019, they'll be doing their biggest event yet, the Pink Test at the cricket in early Jan. Everyone involved in Pink Sari was left feeling inspired and empowered. But there was one campaign in particular that really left a mark, and we'll be leaving you with that. What's your favourite campaign?
3: The, the Pink Sari Song Contest. It was just out of the world.
1: Vijay says when this was first suggested, it was met with some resistance.
3: I thought, what a weird thing. It's not going to take off. I was proved wrong.
1: The idea was that people would write a song. The only catch was it had to include the word pink sari. Other than that, it could be in any language and any style. And the entries chosen would get a chance to mix their compositions in a studio and finally perform at a Pink Sari Melodies concert in Sydney.
3: That day was just magical. We had got contestants from interstate, you know, from Canberra, Tasmania, men, women, white, you know, South Asians. There was dancing, because some songs were so catchy, people just got up and danced, and the the, the vibe on that day. People just got into it.
1: You're probably already familiar with the winning entries. You've been listening to them this whole episode. Pink Sari Project proved that culture and health aren't mutually exclusive. Diversity, language, dress, they're things to celebrate and not overcome. Pink Sari not only reached its goals, it improved breast cancer screening and awareness in South Asian communities, it achieved much more. What started as a message to encourage women ended up blossoming into something much bigger. It inspired and united women to take charge of their health and their community. And finally, Pink Sari showed that true communication is inclusive. Been listening to Think Health. This show is supported by 2SER in the University of Technology Sydney. This show is recorded at 2 Studios, which sits on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. Thank you to Shantha, Vijay and Michael for their time and their generosity. For more information about the Pink Sari project, you can follow them on Facebook. Just search Pink Sari. And while you're there, you can also make a pledge of support. Music in this episode is from Pink Sari Melodies. You can also find out more information about our show on our website, that is 2scr.com slash thinkhealth. And don't forget you can also subscribe to our podcast. My name is Shane Anderson, thank you for listening.